0: Welcome, um, Ben is actually uh, not here this week. He has been out at an Allender. It's a little hot there. He's been out at an Allender conference out in Seattle. So you guys pray for his safe return as he'll be heading back. But uh, we're going to be in the Book of Luke tonight, and it's also going to be our New Testament reading, uh, Luke chapter nineteen. I'll give you an opportunity to turn there. It's a very familiar passage. Some of the Kids will know the story of Zacchaeus, and um, hear the word of the Lord, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Children are dismissed for children. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes when I get to multitasking, uh, I don't do so well. So uh, when Ben is not here, I take on some of his tasks and I quickly forget, so forgive me. Hear God's Word, Luke 19, 1-10. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, down, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now Ben and I are going through this series called Neighbors That Jesus Loved. And like I said, this is a very familiar passage to you guys. In a lot of our Old Testament readings... We particularly picked them so that we'll understand that God is a God of the sojourner. God is the God that, that loves those who are most likely to receive love. So as we look at this passage tonight, and we, we come to this passage, pro- probably not going to hear anything new. It, it's a very familiar one, and it's a story, like I said, that probably most of the kids can share. But I think there, there's a lot here that God wants to teach us about loving our neighbors, Uh, So let me pray and ask God to bless the preaching of His Word. God, we thank You for the Scriptures. We thank You for this particular story. And Lord, we pray that You would use it to show us the Gospel afresh and anew in our own hearts. God, that You would use it to show us, God, how beautiful, how beautiful and how magnificent the good news is of jesus christ the good news of the gospel really is god calls our hearts to to fall more and more in love with you and what you have done for us god thank you in jesus name amen verse one says when he entered jericho and was passing through you know one of the things about jesus is he's always passing through places and i don't know if you've realize that as you've read the scriptures, but Jesus is, is always passing through. He's always moving through different spaces and different places during his time here on planet earth. He, he takes that passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. It talks about being a sojourner. It talks about being a pilgrim. But one of the things that Jesus is always doing also is he's always disrupting people's lives. He's always sort of turning things on their head. He's sort of Disrupts the way we view the world and the way we think about things wherever wherever he goes (laughs) Whatever that was if you hadn't noticed by now we're having some major difficulties with this sound system tonight And there's just there's just not a fix to it. So you guys are just gonna have to pray and bear with us Uh, we, We we worked out all the kinks about three months ago, and it's worked perfect But tonight it's just not gonna work perfect. So I'm gonna be pitchy. It's gonna do stuff like that and we're just going to keep rolling with it, okay? Uh, but thank goodness God's Word is living and active, whether the sound system is working good or not. So, Anyway, as I was saying, He's always disrupting people's lives. He's always sort of turning things on its head. He's always taking our cultural norms, and He sort of shocks us. Jesus shocks us a lot of times in the way that He responds to certain things. We expect Him to say one thing, and He says the, the exact opposite. And so here as we come to this story, it's, it's the last few weeks of Jesus' life. I, I don't, you know, A lot of times when I've read the story of Zacchaeus, I, I haven't thought about that. But this is, this is the last few weeks before the Passion, before his crucifixion. And even then, as he's going to Jerusalem to once again, what's he going to do there? He's going to disrupt the lives of those that are there. He's going to turn the city on its head. He's going to even turn his disciples in the way they think about the coming kingdom He's going to turn their thoughts and their cultural norms on its head, and they're going to be like, you're going to die? What? And so Jesus, as he moves to Jerusalem, he comes to this little town here in Jericho, and it's an old, old city. Uh, Many scholars say that it's actually the the oldest city on planet Earth, and I I didn't know that. Um, But it's that same city that Joshua marched around and the walls collapsed. Uh, That's where Jesus is going to pass through, and as he's passing through there, he's going to encounter a couple of people. And the first person he's going to encounter is blind Bartimaeus, and he's going to heal him. And the second person he's going to come across is this person called Zacchaeus. And it says in verse 2, it says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was a rich man. And so as Jesus is moving through Jericho, he meets Zacchaeus. And for many of you who don't know, Jesus always, always has eyes to see people that most people don't see. Like, Jesus has this lens that he always picks out and notices people that we, we never see. If you remember the woman who's in the synagogue and she's bent over... First of all, she's a woman on the Sabbath and she's in the synagogue, but she's bent over. She's actually bent over double, so she, she really can't even look up. She's just bent looking down at the ground. And Jesus takes note of her. And then there's another man with dropsy, and it says, And behold, there's a man. And again here with Zacchaeus, Jesus has eyes to see the person that really you're going to see no one else wants to see. No one else wants to have anything to do with. And it says, Behold, there's a man, and his name is Zacchaeus. The word Zacchaeus means actually pure, innocent, without fault. There's probably a story behind that name. I bet there's a story behind that name. Why his mom and his dad named him Zacchaeus. But there's a problem. Zacchaeus is anything but pure. He's anything but blameless. In fact, it says that he's a, he's a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector for the Romans. He works for the IRS, right? He's not a popular guy. And it's even worse. He doesn't just work for the IRS, it would be like working for the Russian IRS, living in the United States. He's a Jew. He's a Jew and he collects taxes for the Romans. Now most Jews might could overlook that if if he had nothing else to do and his family were starving, but it, it goes on to say that Zacchaeus was a rich man. He, he, he was wealthy. He had gotten rich working for the Romans. In fact, he had gotten filthy rich. And the way he had gotten rich is he basically was an extortionist. So instead of just taking what he was required to take for taxes, he would take above and beyond... Zacchaeus was a thief. So when people would see his home, his nice home and his nice car and his Rolex watch, they would know that that came at their expense. If you caught Zacchaeus on the Jericho Road If you remember the story of the Good Samaritan and how the priest and the the Levite passed by on the other side, if you caught Zacchaeus on the Jericho Road, you wouldn't pass by on the other side. You might go by and kick him. That's the kind of person that Zacchaeus was. Sort of like Jonah view of the Ninevites, right? When God tells him to go to Nineveh, Jonah hated the Ninevites. Who are the Zacchaeuses in your life? We all have them. Let's don't pretend just because we're followers of Jesus that we don't struggle with these same things. Who are those in your life that you really have a battle loving? That maybe if they went missing, it just wouldn't really matter to you. Right? We, we, we battle with those kind of things. At least your pastor does. Verse 3 says that he was seeking to see who Jesus was And I'm thinking, what what in the world would this scumbag desire to see Jesus for? I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, true righteousness of true righteousness, not not fake Zacchaeus. Why would Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? You know, it's interesting. The passage doesn't... Really say, but it says a lot about who Jesus was, though, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe Zacchaeus heard the story of Levi, right? Remember Matthew, Levi, who was a tax collector, and Jesus changed his life and became a disciple of Christ. Maybe Zacchaeus heard the parable of the publican and the Pharisee, right? And thought, man, maybe maybe there's some hope for me. I don't know, but he was curious about Jesus. You know, as Christians, people ought to be curious about us. We ought to act in ways that just sort of makes people say, man, I, I didn't think they were going to do that. I thought they were going to do this. And that's how Jesus is. He, you, you, you never know what he's going to do. The righteous people don't know what to do with him. The poor people don't know what to do with him. The prostitutes don't know what to do with him. He, he just always does the exact opposite that we think he's going to do. But there were some obstacles to Zacchaeus seeing Jesus. It says he was a short man. You know, when I think about Zacchaeus, you know who I think about? I think about Danny DeVito. Can't can't, can't you picture that? That's what I think about when I think about it. It says he was a short man, and it says there was a lot of people there. And so he couldn't see. In in all honesty, Zacchaeus probably didn't really want to be in the crowds. (laughs) Probably wasn't a very safe place for a rich tax collector to be. And it says he ran ahead. He ran ahead, and he climbs this tree. You know the first thing that comes to mind when I think about that? I think about the passage that says that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you got to come like a child. And I don't know that Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus because the Holy Spirit may have already been at work in his heart. But I know that Zacchaeus was willing to lose a little bit of dignity to get a glimpse at who Jesus was. People find Jesus curious said, when Jesus came to the place, verse 5, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, hurry down and come down, for I must stay at your house today. You know, it's interesting about what Jesus didn't say, right? Jesus didn't say, come on, Zacchaeus. Get it together, man. Get it together. You're you're a Jew. What are you doing? He, He didn't say that. He didn't condemn him. He didn't didn't say, look, clean clean your life up. Get it together. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come stay at your house today. That may not mean a lot here but in our culture, but in their culture it was huge for someone to come and stay at your house. Jesus befriends him, he loves him, he publicly associates with him. You know, it's a sad thing that one of our police officers got killed. I actually served as a police officer for almost a couple years. But how many of you guys want to associate with that guy that shot him? It hits a little closer to home, doesn't it? It's a little bit harder to love like that. That's who Zacchaeus is. That's who he is. It takes a supernatural power from God to love people like that, doesn't it? All Jesus has for him is grace, grace, fountains of grace. And you know why? Because Jesus loves lost things. Jesus is so passionate about lost things. In fact, in Luke 15, he tells three parables. One's about lost sheep, a man that had a hundred sheep and he lost one. It says he left all the ninety-nine and he went looking for that one. And then he tells another parable about a lost coin. Sort of like a woman that had ten pennies and she lost one and she swept the whole house looking for that one. And then Jesus tells the parable about the lost two sons. Remember the parable? The son that goes off into the pig pen... Jesus loves lost things. The broken things, the, one, the things and the people that no one else wants to associate with. Have you ever been lost? Any of you have ever been lost? I'm talking about lost, so lost you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Or have you ever lost something that's really, really important to you? Where I grew up, a little girl, Kimberly Raymer. Her sister, Kristen, married my cousin. She went missing at around age 16. They've never found her. I'm 44. She'd be 40 now. Her parents look for her forever. Probably still do. There's probably still a little hope there, Maybe. Just maybe, 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 maybe she was kidnapped, maybe. Jesus loves lost things, guys. He loves the lost. Ray Cortez says this. It says it's one thing to be lost and have hope someone's looking for you. Right? If you're lost and you know people are searching for you, you've got some hope. It's another thing to be lost and to realize no one. But it's a whole other thing to be lost and realize no one even notices. You, re- you realize that's who Jesus is always seeing? <laughs> he always sees those people, that prostitute that, you know what, if she went missing, everybody in Jerusalem would probably wake up and wouldn't even miss her. Zacchaeus is so hated, no one would even miss him. No one would even miss him if he went missing. Jesus loves those who are so odious to us. Those who sort of mess up the aroma of our culture. You guys know what I'm talking about. We can be honest. Deep down inside, sometimes those you sort of wish would sort of go away. You know, the homeless, the mentally ill. It's tough, right? It's tough interacting with those. It's hard. The lepers, right? Not that amazing that Jesus would touch a leper. The one thing you'll notice in the Scriptures, it's always those people that love Jesus the most. Paul, the sinful woman. You know who comes to mind? John Newton comes to mind. You know, wrote Amazing Grace. But John Newton was also a slave trader. He knew he wasn't righteous. John Newton knew he was lost. And when God's grace came, it changed everything, didn't it? There were some world travelers that visited the country of Cambodia. And they loved to visit other countries, and they also loved to go to different worship services in those countries. And they went to this particular service and They were just blown away by the worship service. Just the passion and the sincerity and the devotion and the tears and the emotions. And they were just, they were shocked. They were like, we've never seen people love God and Jesus like this. And they were like, where where does this gratitude, where where does it come from? Where, Where do these people get such love and devotion from God? And they found out that this particular people from this particular village were helped cooperate and helped form the Khmer Rouge. You guys know what the Khmer Rouge is? Many of you know what that is? It's a communist group who slaughtered nearly 25% of its own population from 1975 to 1979. That's not very far back millions tortured and slaughtered like animals in Pol Pot's killing fields, women, children, mass mass graves, millions, millions, 25% of the population. And it was this particular village and these people that helped bring that group together and participated in those acts. To this day, they're so hated that if they leave the city where they live, Your own countrymen will kill them. So what makes your worship distinct? That's what they said. All we have is Jesus. That's all we have. We don't have anything else but Jesus. Romans 9, 29 says if the Lord had not left some survivors we would have all become like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know why I don't love like that? Because I really don't believe that I'm the Khmer Rouge. I I don't really believe that I would have become like Sodom and Gomorrah had God not seen me. Had God not Found me. But no one had to tell Zacchaeus that, right? He 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 knew he was lost. Verse six says So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Gratitude just gushes over when you get something you don't expect, right? I don't don't think Zacchaeus was expecting Jesus to come and call him by name. Right? He was probably thinking he was probably going to get a rebuke, maybe a tongue lashing. But the last thing he expected is that Jesus would know his name and Jesus would say, Zacchaeus, I I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time with you. Like a young child, right? When he opens that oversized box at Christmas time and his dad pops out, who's been gone overseas to war for two years, right? That kind of gratitude. And listen to this in verse 7, it says, And when they saw it, when the crowds, they saw it, they all grumbled. He is gone to be with the guest of a man who's a sinner. You know, we don't, we don't have a problem with grace until it's given to someone that we don't think deserves it, Right? is sovereign grace, right? It's God's sovereign grace that we have a problem with. When God pours out His grace on Nineveh, right? That, that people who are so hideous. When God pours out His love on the Syrians, right? In fact, if you read Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 30, I'll just sort of read parts of it. So Isaiah 61. It says, Jesus, this is what He's doing. He's, he's, he reads this passage. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. and He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it says that He rolled up the scroll. It says the eyes of everyone were fixed upon Him. And he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And it says, all spoke well of him and marveled at his gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they were like, isn't this the son of Joseph? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of the widows in Israel, but to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. It says when they heard it all, when they heard it, heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. You, you know why they were filled with wrath? Because God's grace was poured out on someone that they didn't think deserved it. Sidon was the Canaanite. She was probably a Canaanite. And it tells us that Naaman was a Syrian. And the Jews hated the Canaanites. They hated the Syrians. But God is gracious, isn't He? Isn't God gracious? And it says that Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Behold, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. This is what happens when you encounter God's grace. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Zacchaeus loading down his donkey with probably hundreds of pounds of gold, and going back through the community, knocking on doors, giving back money. I bet when he knocked on people's doors and they saw him coming, I bet they were like, what in the world is he doing back here again? But I bet you, when he handed them back four times what he had stolen from them, And he said, let let me tell you about what happened to me when I met Jesus. It doesn't say this in the scripture, but I, I bet there was a revival in Jericho. I bet you a lot of people came to know Christ. I don't know that, I'm just speculating, but I can't imagine this little short guy going around the city of Mobile, making right all the people that he had wronged. And and you know, you can tell it's from his heart because he gives, first of all, he takes half of what he owns and he gives it to the poor. And then he goes back and gives four times to those that he has stolen from. Zacchaeus had encountered God's grace. He knew he didn't deserve it. He, he, He knew he didn't deserve it. And it changed everything. Since today, salvation has come to your house. You guys remember when salvation came to your house? Sometimes as Christians, our love sort of go, grows cold, doesn't it? We forget how lost we once were without Christ. We forget that we're a Zacchaeus, right? We come to church, we dress nicely, we say all the right things. We dare not say that we have struggles loving people. Today, if your love has grown cold and maybe the wind of apathy has sort of settled in on your salvation... Revelations 2, chapter 4 and 5, I mean, verses 4 and 5 says this. Remember. It doesn't it say do, it says remember. Remember God's grace poured out on you. Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the good works you did at first. And, and don't, don't get, if you get this mist, mixed up, you miss the gospel, okay? So don't get this mixed up. The younger brother did not come home. You know why he came home? He, you, you think, well, he, he repented and came home, so I, I need to repent first. But you know why he repented? You know what drew the younger brother back home? You guys know it was his father's love. It was His Father's love. It was was remembering what all that He had in His Father's house. It, It was Him remembering His Father's great love. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so if you've grown cold in your walk with God, remember God's great love for you. Remember that He is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love. Jesus' grace had captured Zacchaeus' heart. God's grace had changed the direction of his life forever. God's mercy is what caused him to be merciful. Let's pray. God, thank you for. God, how you don't tell us to get it together. God, when we're lost and when we're undone and we don't know what to do. But God, thank you that you come and you and you find this in our lostness and you you pour out your grace and your kindness and You offer us salvation, Father, at Your expense, at Your cost. And God, it's Your kindness that brings us to repentance. It's Your kindness.